If you could go back in time to talk to the 17-year-old version of yourself and you could tell them exactly what you're currently doing with your life, currently doing professionally, how much money you're making, and all the experiences that you've had since you were 17, how would they react to it? You know what they would say? In most of our cases, they'd say, wow, you made it. I can't believe that is your life. That is my life in the future. I didn't even think that was possible. But let me ask you this. How do you feel? How do you actually feel about your life? Do you have the same awe when you think about everything that you've done? In most cases, in my case, up until recently, the answer would be no. That, my friends, is what we're going to be talking about today. And if you're new to the podcast and wondering what you've gotten yourself into, I'm health expert Ted Rice. You're listening to the Legendary Life Podcast. We talk about how to prevent disease. We break down science-based information on how to prevent disease, lose fat, and how to live a legendary life. But on Real Talk Fridays, on today, in other words, we go deep behind the tactics We talk about the real stuff going on, what really this whole health thing is all about. And if you are vibing already with what I'm putting down, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, hit that subscribe button. And if you've been listening for a while and want to have a taste of my coaching for free, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash challenge. The only catch is we are only going to run it at a very select time and we only take 50 people. So if that's what you're interested in, you want to take action or you'll be stuck on the waiting list. And if you're feeling the the timing is right to do something for your health, then take action. Because once that time passes and the opportunity comes again, the challenge opens up, but you don't have that congruence with your commitment and energy level. You're going to be like, oh gosh, I wish I would have done it when he talked about it and my motivation was high. So if you're interested in that, take action. Legendarylightpodcast.com slash challenge. So I want to tell you about something that happened to me recently. If you follow me at all on Facebook, which uh, you should check me out. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mostly on Facebook though. I post a lot about me eating ice cream and I show pictures of my abs. And to be honest, I'm in pretty great shape right now. And I look better than I did since when the quarantine started and I was already looking good. And I've been putting out myself out there, not in an egotistical way, but in a way to show people, listen, I know how to do this. Here is the proof. And I also share client testimonials as well to show people, look, this is possible. So many people don't believe it's possible. And something amazing happened. A person who I respect a lot and look up to, if you think I'm like a person who's you know, got a solid mindset, this person is someone who I look to whose mindset I want, (laughs) you know, and that's Peter Sage. 
You may know him. He's been on the show before, one of our most downloaded episodes from the past. You may know him from London Real or maybe somewhere else. And he asked me, hey, Ted, how did you get in such great shape? I want to, could you help me out with a plan? And I hopped on a call with him. I said, Peter, I'll be straight with you, man. It's not like I can just tell you what to do. I need to teach you what to do. There's no way I can have one conversation with you and you're going to walk away and, and go implement it. I know you. And let me tell you, Peter's on the next level about nutrition and exercise. He's a former bodybuilder. He's run race. He's run marathons. He's done things I'll never do, quite frankly. My, my joints wouldn't be able to handle it. But he hasn't figured out how to transform his body. And I was like, Peter, I can teach you how to do this. It's not a problem. In fact, you're already most of the way there. Uh, It would be an honor to help you with this. And in exchange, Peter offered to put me in his entrepreneur group, Elite Mentorship Forum. And um, I said, okay, let's do it. It's uh, people pay $7,000 to do his, uh, his course. And I'm getting it uh, for, you know, less than what it's a great exchange in value. I don't charge 7,000 for coaching in case you were wondering. (laughs) So I'm like, sounds like a good deal. But I was wondering, I was like, you know, am I really going to vibe with his information? I love Peter. I love his information, but I've never worked with him before. And so I got into the course. I started doing it. And I'll, I'll tell you, I was at a point where I'm feeling like, you know, I, I've been at such a high level of productivity. I've been crushing it, right? Business-wise, doing things I've never done before, stretching myself in ways I've never stretched myself before. But I've also started hitting that point where I'm like, I feel like I'm running too much on uh I'm I'm using too much energy to make this happen. I can't sustain this. And I'm starting to feel a little burnt out. And so I start, but but I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. And he's like, listen, you know, you've got to do this if you commit to it. I said, I'm going to commit to doing it. And I started watching and I was immediately blown away. And I want to share with you some of the things that I've learned. And uh, one big shift is this. We have different, now we all have bank accounts, financial bank accounts, but a couple of other bank accounts that you may not realize that you have is you have a health bank account. You also have an emotional bank account. And what I want to tell you is so many people chase money, so many people chase weight loss or health, But since their emotional bank account is low, they never, ever achieve it. I even have clients who lose weight and look at themselves after they change and say, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought I would be happy now. And maybe if you're successful in the financial arena, maybe you can relate to that too. You thought when you started making six figures, it would change the game for you and, you know, that you'd be living this abundant life with no problems. Most people chase money because they think it'll solve their problems. Most people think uh, chase weight loss because they think it'll solve their problems, but it won't fix the root cause. It's like if you're hiring 
a coach, let's say you're hiring me to help you lose weight. And you're like, listen, I'm hiring you. I want to lose weight. So make me lose weight. But here's the thing. That's like hiring a tennis coach or a golf coach and saying, listen, I want to win more games. So here's some money, make it happen. And the situation is this, winning or losing weight is a byproduct of improving your skills and putting in the time. And at a deeper level, who you become in the process. One of the things that Peter said that really resonated with me, he's like, the, the point of, of setting a goal is not to achieve the goal, is to become someone better in the process, in the journey. Then the goal happens effortlessly as a byproduct of who you become. And so whenever someone ends up with a lot of money and they're not happy because of it, or if someone loses a lot of weight and they're not happy because of it, if their body changes and they're not happy because of it, or they're winning more tennis games and they're not happy because of it, the, the, the win feels empty, then you didn't, you missed the point. And I want to tell you this, we have so many misconceptions about how life works, how reality works. And by reality, I don't mean, I mean the reality we all share, right? Ask any wealthy person if money solves their problems or if money made their problems go away. Solve some problems, but if you, if you think that the, it, money makes your problems go away, I've got some unfortunate news for you. They make some problems go away and then you get other ones. Money doesn't make your problems go away. You just get new problems. Losing weight doesn't make your problems go away either. In fact, what I've noticed is that as people lose weight, people are so focused. Let's say people are focused on money, money, money. Oh my gosh, they don't have enough money. don't have enough money. Then they make money and then they're like, oh gosh, I've got, now that that's taken care of, now, now I know what my real problems are. Same thing happens with weight loss. I had a client who did really well. And then he was like, man, you know, starting to real, uh, you know, he asked me about an issue with his relationship with his wife. And he was so caught up in the journey of weight loss. When he finally achieved that, then he started looking around his life and realized, ah, there's some other stuff going on here. There's some other stuff that I need to handle. And what I want to tell you is this, there are wealthy people out there who live like they're broke. They live in scarcity. How do I know this? I've worked with them. And the same thing's true of health. You think that having abs will fix your life? I have abs right now. I was starting to burn out a little bit. And then I invested in myself. I did this arrangement with Peter and I also started working with another coach in addition to the therapist that I see once a week. And it changed the game for me. I invested in myself because what I'll come back to that initial point. It's the emotional bank account that drives success in our lives, drives fulfillment in our lives. So I want to tell you a story. I've told it before, but I want to share it with you in case there's anybody new. And, I, and it's always good to rehear these things. I had one client very wealthy, Ferrari collection wealthy. One of his Ferraris is worth $8 million. He bought it for six and then it's 
valued at eight. And I like this guy too. I don't mean anything bad by it. I, I appreciated him and appreciated the lessons I learned. But I remember he was coming back from selling a startup that he uh, was a part of. He, he has a big company that's been around for 30 years, but he sold a startup. He, he started a startup and, uh, you know, it was like with facial recognition and these two guys, these two French guys, um, and they ended up selling this business to, to Twitter. And um, you can only can believe you know, facial recognition. I can only, <laughs> we can only imagine what they're going to do with that. But he came back from that deal and uh, we were training on a Friday and it was an unusual day for us to train. In fact, he's like, hey, I'm back. Can you train? And I was still like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I told him, listen, yeah, my client before you, my client who I usually have at this time canceled. So I'm, I'm getting paid for the hour. If you want to train, I'm, I'm here. Cause I like to, I, at that time, that was my not super smooth way of letting my personal training client know that, Hey, if you cancel on me, I charge you. Right. Because this is how I make money. If you, you know, if I'm, if my bank account is subject to the whim of whether you want to train or not, that's not, that's not consistent. That's going to put me in scarcity mode and fear mode in which I spent most of my personal training days in. It's like, yes, let's see. Do I want to train today or should I drink, pop a bottle of uh, Opus One on the beachfront multi-million dollar you know, patio of my house, multi-million dollar mansion and you know, slurp uh, oysters on the half shell and eat foie gras, right? That, that's, that was a rough thing to deal with. Now, he showed up, but he was like, oh, you're already getting paid for this? Well, why don't you give me a deal? Why don't you take $20 off? And for me at that time, $20 was, it's not that it was a lot of money, but it's like money that I was counting on and, and, and I'm showing up and doing 100%. Why should I do that? As he just got done making millions of dollars. And so what I'm trying to tell you here is this, he felt he was in such a scarcity mode and such like ego driven mode that he was putting our relationship second. And I had been training him for years at this point. He was putting our relationship second to make, to getting a $20 break when he's got literally millions of dollars worth of cars in the garage and then another garage somewhere else with a bunch of other cars and his house is worth 12 million and it's on the water and all these other things. And he wants a break for 20 bucks. That is a big deal for me. That is when your bank account, your emotional bank account is low, even if there's millions in your financial bank account. Do you see that? Uh, and just in case, just to finish the story there, I told him no. I was like, yeah, Paul, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but uh, no. And he was like, yeah, but no, no. He's tried to argue with me about it. I said, yeah, Paul, no, I totally hear where you're coming from, but no. He asked like three times. Man, he was, br at that moment, uh, I like this guy. Uh, and I really appreciated him a lot. And he was trying to be helpful actually even offered to give me the down payment to buy a house. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that, man. House in Miami. I wanted desperately to leave Miami and to be stuck there training people. Oh, 
to make a mortgage payment. I want it out. I love what I'm doing now. But back to the point, there's people, there's so many people, like there's a lot of them. And let me tell you, Paul is, is a solid person uh, for in, in many ways. Some of the people in Miami Beach, they're really destitute in their emotional lives. Even though they've got millions in the bank account. I mean, it's just crazy. On the other hand, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from living in other countries, man, Thailand changed my life. People are, it's a wealthy country. Thailand is wealthy. The, and, but unfortunately, the wealth is, I mean, you know, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a believer in capitalism. I love America. I think it's one of the best countries in the world, but, uh, you know, so, so just keep that in mind this. And, and we talk about inequality in America. Listen, whoa, you want to talk about some real inequality, Thailand, there are billionaires there. And then there's people who live on 10 U S dollars a day, 10 U S dollars a day. And that's not living large because of the exchange rate, right? They're living in poverty, but they have rich lives. I remember I was buying some durian from this lady, this older woman, probably in her late 50s, maybe early 60s, out of the back of her truck. Now, if you don't know what durian is, look it up. Look at, go look at YouTube. People try durian for the first time. You still won't get the full experience, but it's very pungent. It's the most infamous fruit on the planet. It is also in this, it's in this shell that's covered by spikes and it smells, <laughs> a lot of people don't like this smell. I don't mind it. And I love the taste. It's a hard, hard type of person to be, to love durian. But the, I was buying some durian from this woman and I took the durian from her and I took it in a way that uh, she handed it to me like on a platter type of thing. And then I, when I grabbed the bag, I let the platter dip to the side. Like you would just hold the bag and then the platter would be on its side with the fruit. And she stopped me and was just like, kind of shook her head a little bit. Like, boy, you don't know what you're doing. And I was just taken aback by like, just her emotional, the emotional strength of that moment. Like, listen, she didn't say this, right? But it's like, obviously you weren't raised right. Here's how you hold the durian. You show respect to it. You, you know, and I've had so many moments with Thai people like that. And they just have this, these rich lives. They're not, they don't suffer from the same things that we suffer from. Now they have other problems there. And so what I'm getting at here, if you're not getting, if you're not figuring it out yet, is Wealth is not how much money you have in your bank account. Wealth is the perception of abundance. Being looking great isn't how lean you are, at least not entirely. It's your perception of how of, of who you are and how you look. And poverty is nothing more than the perception of scarcity. So people can look in the mirror and see abs and they still don't think they're lean enough. They can look in the mirror, women look in the mirror and don't think they're skinny enough. 
guys look in the mirror and they're, you know, I'm, I'm using some extreme examples now, but, you know, guys can look in the mirror and they've got these big muscles. Some of these people with steroids, uh, you know, use steroids. They're huge and they don't think they're big enough. What I'm trying to tell you here is the perception is key. And what I also want to say is the way you perceive yourself, the way you perceive your circumstances, that's a vibe that you're giving off all the time. It's a vibe that you're giving off all the time. Think about this. You may not know much about tuning forks. Like, whoa, that's random. But tuning forks resonate with certain frequencies. For example, if you had a bunch of tuning forks, they're all tuned to different frequencies, different musical notes, if you will. If you had one and tapped it and so it resonated, it would start making the, a tuning fork that it was near also resonate. And where I'm going with that, although it, maybe I'm explaining that in a bit of a clumsy way, is that science has shown that we catch emotions from each other. In other words, we make we haven't we influence how each other feel in fact let me ask you why do you keep coming back to this show is it really because i share the science based information that blah 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 prevents disease blah 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 right now i'm sure that's part of it because you want the stuff that i teach you to work but what if i had a real nasty attitude and was sharing the same information what if i what if i came and i was like hey guys uh so sad today. Gosh, you know, life isn't going my way. I, I, even though I'm really, you know, in shape right now, I'm just, I'm just not happy with myself. Even though I've got money in the bank account more than I ever have, um, I'm just still not happy with it. And just life really isn't going my way. By the way, carbs don't make you fat. It's total calories. So the point I'm getting at is it's not just information, it's how I make you feel. This episode is sponsored by Organifi. Do you want to know a secret that all my coaching clients follow? It's really simple, but powerful. Add vegetables into each meal. But let's be honest, most of us, including myself, don't eat the recommended servings of vegetables and fruits each day. So for those of us who are on the go or have trouble eating healthy, having a greens powder makes it easy to get your greens in every single day, no matter how busy you are. And that's why I use and recommend Organifi Green Juice, a superfood powder that you just add water to so that you can get your greens in even when you're on the go. The best thing about Organifi Green Juice is that it actually tastes great. But don't believe me, try it for yourself. And use the code TED20, that's capital T-E-D, the number 20, at www.organifi.com. That's Organifi.com to receive 20% off your first order. But hurry, this is a limited time discount for Legendary Life listeners. Now, back to the episode. But guess what? How you make people feel you make people feel a certain way too. And believe me, I'm super conscious of this when I'm doing my group coaching calls, when I'm hopping on the breakthrough calls, when I'm, you know, when I'm doing my my posts, my lives on Facebook for the challenge, when I'm doing this right now, I make sure I'm in a good state. I want to ask you something. 
Have you ever heard one of the episodes, if you've been listening to the show for a while, when I wasn't in a good state, or maybe I was sharing something and it didn't seem fully authentic, like I had maybe just, you know, uh, I had an intellectual understanding of it, but maybe it wasn't something that I actually did. And I, I'm not saying that because that's a strategy I have, I'm sure, but I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure I've shared something where I was just like, maybe I didn't know what to do. And you were just kind of like, oh, yeah, all right. You know, you've had better episodes than that one, Ted. Isn't that true? And so here's what I want to tell you. I want to give you this example. This is uh, an example Peter used. Think about this. And we're going to run with uh, the money example because to do it with your body is a little bit more weird. And you'll understand what I mean in a second. So let's say this. What if I wrote you a $10 million check and it was cashed and put into escrow, but, but it, it wouldn't be deposited into your bank account for six months? So do you follow me? I wrote you a check for 10 million bucks. I thought you were an amazing person. The cash came out of my bank account, was put into a separate bank account, but wasn't in your bank account but for six, for six months. But you knew for sure that it was going to be there in six months. The money was already in escrow. There was no way to block it. There was no way for me to go back. You know for sure in that six months, you've got $10 million in, in your bank account. How would that make you feel? And don't just think about it intellectually. Close your eyes if you can. If you're running, don't close your eyes. If you're driving, if you're back driving already, don't close your eyes. But really go there and feel it. Feel it. What would it feel like to have 10 million bucks? I don't know about you, but I'd be like, whoa, that's amazing. All the other problems that I had with money, like paying my rent, or I want to go on this, you know, I want to, uh, you know, hire this person for 10K or go to this event. There's an event called Baby Bathwater that I want to go to that's $10,000 to go to be around all these entrepreneurs. You know, I can't do that yet. I'm not there yet. But bam, $10 million in six months. I'm, I'm going to make a list of all the things that I'm going to do, all the charities that I'm going to help the business plan, and I'm going to already be feeling a certain way. Wouldn't you be feeling the same way? In fact, well, how do you feel right now when you think about that? Visualize that $10 million in your bank. And here's what I'm telling you. What changed? If that were true, this thought experiment were true, you started to feel different, and you know you would feel different, but the money wouldn't actually be in your bank account. But you would be giving off a different vibe. And you know what would start to happen? Opportunities would want to come your way. People, banks would be like, hey, do you want, you want to borrow some money? Do you want a credit? Do you want to do this? Because banks love to uh, give you a bank, uh, give, give you an umbrella when it's shiny, sunny out and then take the umbrella away when it's raining, right? But you would be, it would be sunny for you and you would walk around like that and opportunities would come your way. And you would show up without any scarcity or fear or anything because you know if a opportunity like you know if uh, an opportunity doesn't go your way, you'd like well yeah that's okay I got ten million in the bank. I mean you know if a hundred thousand dollar deal doesn't work out or fifty or twenty thousand or whatever it is, a couple hundred thousand if it doesn't work out, ten million in the bank. Um, you know I'd like it to work out, but I'm not too attached to it. 
And again, go back to the fact that the money wouldn't even be there for six months. It was your perception that was different. That's the way that you can start to attract more abundance in your life. Are you starting to get that? Because the truth about, and this is something I learned from Peter, he helped me understand this, wealthy people are wealthy first, then the money shows up in their bank account. Do you understand that? What do I mean by that? What does that mean? It means that they already gave off a certain vibe. They started thinking a certain way. And then as a result of the thoughts they were thinking, the actions they took, the money showed up. They didn't win the lottery. They didn't get an inheritance. Do you understand? It took me a while to understand that. So how do we accelerate this? Well, I'll tell you, a big lesson for me is who you're spending time with, your peer group. One thing that I consistently hear from my clients is that they don't, people look to them for answers and they don't go to, they don't have someone they can go to. They're not, they don't have a peer group of people that hold them to higher standard, not, not to make more money or to drive a nicer car or big, you know, not a competitive way, but to support you, to be the, you know, the cheerleader for your efforts, to be the midwife for whatever you're trying to give birth to. Sorry. Because what ends up happening to us is that we achieve things and they feel empty and then we want more. And so then we're stuck on the hedonic hamster wheel because we're operating at this frequency of scarcity. We, we don't experience gratitude. Going back to that 17-year-old version of yourself who would be like, I mean, I think about that. When, when I heard that in Peter's talk, I started crying because it was true. It's like my 17-year-old, I don't know about your 17-year-old version, but this is my 17-year-old version. My mother had died when, in a car accident when I was 14. I was struggling in high school. I was put, when I was 14, in a group in school called Severely Emotionally Disturbed. Because when I got arrested when I was 14 for marijuana and I was skipping school all the time, there was just no other way I was going to finish school. They had to put me in this, um, this special class. So there was severely emotionally disturbed for the messed up kids like me. And then there was learning disabled kids for the kids with learning disabilities. And those were like the two big groups, at least in my school. I was in the group with emotional problems. And I had no future. Getting good grades to get into college, I got C's and D's and an F here and there in high school. I think I got, it wasn't all C's and D's, but that's where I was. And to think, and then to think now, if I could go back like, Hey man, I know you were stoned every day. You skipped school. You were angry. Your parents, your, your dad and your stepmother were alcoholics and didn't treat you like you were, like you deserve to be seen and heard. You didn't feel worthy because they didn't give you attention. Your biological mother was physically and emotionally abusive because she struggled with her mental illness. But man, you know what happens? By the time you're 22, you're going to be a personal trainer in Miami Beach and you're going to be working with millionaires. You're going to be you're going to meet Robert Downey Jr. You're going to take a Patron shot with Russell Simmons. You're going to have dinner with Gary Busey. 
You're going to uh, meet Richard Branson after training his wife for a while. You're going to help Ricky Martin get in shape for one of his tours. You're going to get invited to so many VIP rooms and, you know, popping champagne and drinking it with the sliced strawberries that you're going to get sick of going. You're going to get invited to so many yacht parties that you're going to turn them down. You're going to get invited to all these mansion parties that are catered by a private chef because you're sick of those too. And then by the time that you're 41, you're going to leave all that behind and you're going to travel the world and you're going to go to Bali and you're going to live there. You're going to live in Thailand. You're going to go to Cambodia and you're going to see people who suffered way worse than you and everyone else that you know. And you're going to see how they're some of the most sweet people that you will ever meet in all your travels. You're going to meditate with monks in the mountains of Thailand. You're going to get your scuba diving certification in the islands of Phuket in the south of Thailand. You're going to go to Vietnam, a place that you learned about through war movies growing up. And you're going to go there and you're going to be impressed with the capitalist inclinations of a communist country. Man, they've, they're capitalists there on the street. And you're going to eat amazing pizza. You're going to, ha- you're going to eat Boon Cha Hanoi. And you're going to have all these incredible experiences. And my 17-year-old self, my 19-year-old self, after my brother was kidnapped and murdered, man, that guy would need to hear that. But here I am at 41, I mean, you know, uh, 43 rather. And like, um, it's taken me a long time to really feel the gratitude, but I feel it now. Does that make sense? And um, what I want to tell you is this, Peter reminded me of something that this guy said to me one day. I was in, I was in a guitar center in kind of a previous life, feels like a previous life, even though it was just in my early 30s. Or late, yeah, early late twenties, early thirties. I played in bands. I played the electric bass, and this was when I was selling. Um, I sold an instrument to. Oh, maybe it wasn't a guitar center. Maybe it was a smaller instrument place. I can't even remember the situation. Actually, I think I, w- I was either buying or selling a, a bass. And by the way, I played the upright bass too, not just the electric. It wasn't just a. Not that there's anything wrong with this, but I wasn't just a guy who wasn't good at guitar and then started playing bass. I studied jazz, played in jazz bands, something I probably have never shared with you before. So this guy said to me, we started talking. He was a bass player too, an older African-American guy. Can't remember his name, but I was giving off a vibe at that time. And he said something really strange to me. He wanted to teach me bass. And he looked at me and he said, you have something going on with you, son. You don't believe in yourself. You don't know how much of a miracle you are. He said, you have a one in 400 trillion chance of being born. And yet here you are. 
You already won. You have a gold medal. You've won. You're here. Out of all the sperm and eggs. (laughs) Kind of weird talking about it like that, but it's true. That's where we all come from. You are the sperm and the egg that got together and made it. You are the one. And it that had always stuck with me. It always stuck with me. And it's true about you as well. But the problem is we don't live like we're winners. We live in scarcity. We live in reaction. We live in the past. We let the past dictate our future. I think about the time that Giselle and I decided to move to Thailand to give everything up, to burn our bridges, to say, you know what? I'm done with this life. I'm moving on to a different life. Giselle came to me and said, Ted, we've got some money in the bank. It's not much, but it's enough so that we could pick up and leave and go to, go to Thailand, even though we've never been there. We could leave all this behind. We could start a new life. And... Um, We could end this unhappy life that we're living here in Miami Beach. And for a second, I did what a lot of people do when they're faced with an opportunity. They do the uncertainty dance. You know what I'm talking about? The uncertainty dance. You're like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, uh, oh, I feel really uncomfortable about this. Luckily, I went for it. I said, let's do it. I can't take this anymore. I am so unhappy. Even though I should be happy, I'm not. And it's not going to change. I want a big change. And I'm so grateful that in that moment that I was with my partner, Giselle, even though we're separated now, we were together then, we went on this journey together. We're still on the journey together, albeit in, in, in different ways. But I see so many people with the opportunity and they turn it down. Why? Because they let their brains take over and their fear take over. Oh no, I don't have a, I could have said, I don't have enough money to go. And that would have been true. I, I could have said, I don't have a plan to make money. Like we're not making enough money to support ourselves and we don't have any plan to start a business. And that would have been true. And it was true. We struggled financially. But had we not taken that risk, I wouldn't be here now. We're, we're, our business is making six figures before it wasn't doing that. And we're looking at new opportunities. We're going to be writing articles for big publications, maybe getting paid a thousand an article. I'm looking at doing virtual speaking gigs, getting paid a few thousand for that. I'm looking at when this whole quarantine lockdown coronavirus thing ends, I'm looking at doing speaking again and charging 5K and working my way up to 10K to do that. I want to do retreats and other things. It would have, I mean, I think it would have happened maybe, but maybe not. Maybe the stress was too much. Maybe, maybe I couldn't be productive enough. I was getting crushed in my current life Went back in Miami. And now I feel like, man, I'm working harder than I ever have, but a lot of it doesn't even feel like work. I feel grateful to be able to coach people. I feel grateful to be in Medellin, Colombia, aprendiendo español ahora. But most people 
when they're faced with an opportunity, even people who are doing well financially, they react out of scarcity. And I want to say, I want to ask you, with everything that you've been through before you were even born to get here, you're already a winner. Do you want to live a life where you don't see what you're truly capable of? We live in such scarcity. Even those of us who have a lot to not, <laughs> that, that we shouldn't feel scarce. And what do we do? We go up to bat and we worry about like, oh, you know, will I be able to take, we, we act like we're going to take all our money with us when we go. The Egyptians tried that. They tried getting buried with their stuff. You know what we did? We dug it up. <laughs> this is what Peter says. He's like, the Egyptians tried it. They buried their stuff with them. And then we dug it up later and stole it. <laughs> you don't get to take the money with you. All you have are the experiences that you're going to go through and the legacy that you're going to leave behind. What legacy are you leaving right now? What life are you living right now? And if you're ready to take that plunge, if you're ready to jump out of the plane with the parachute, if you're ready to <laughs> move to Thailand and start an online business, if you're ready to take the plunge and you want me to be your guide and you want to use physical health as a way, I will not let you down. I will help you change your life. If you want to set up a call with me because you've heard this too many times and not taken action, go to legendarylifeprogram.com slash apply and sign up for a call and let's do this. That's all I've got for you today. Have an amazing weekend. Love you and talk to you soon.